Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the show. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by the wonderful women and men of Lodi, California. It's very close to both of our hearts and we really wanted to showcase what they're doing. We also got in-depth with a little bit of our mask policy and the policy set forth by Pinellas County. We didn't dive too deep into it, but we certainly wanted to touch on the subject. We also really wanted to thank all of our loyal fans and guests and everyone who's been coming in and showing us support over the last several weeks. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Cheers. Hello, everybody. This is Perry Jancola here. We're live in the cellar at Ed's Fine Wines and uh, Anthony uh, Hendricks, uh, my nephew and uh, my our store sommelier is is actually on vacation in Orlando, a little off time with uh, his family, uh, my brother and sister-in-law. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Corinna. Um, Anthony, are you there? I know we got you on the phone. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you pretty good, actually. It's kind of amazing. Awesome. Um, well, cheers. Cheers. I, ha- I actually have a... Me, I, yeah, I have actually, actually have a glass of wine in my hand. It's... Uh, uh, Maggio uh, family uh, Cabernet. Perfect. I I have a glass in my hand too. Uh, I won't dive too deep into what it is because uh, that'll give away exactly what we're talking about today. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Cool. <laughs> so uh, so how are things over there in, in Pinellas County? I've been watching the news. It's getting a little crazy, huh? Yeah, I my buddy uh, Mark Schreiner, WUSF, gave me a call uh, or gave me a text this morning and goes, hey, by the way, just to let you know, they closed all bars down in the state of Florida. And I was like, what? And then he sent me the numbers in Florida for today, and it was like uh, 8,940-something. It was close to 9,000 people. It's such a strange state of affairs that we're in right now. I know, off and uh, on, man. You know, we, we kind of open things up and, and we close down and, you know, it's, no one exactly knows what the right move is, but I think that uh, something that's really important is what we talked about on the phone today, and, and that was kind of the mass situation surrounding Pinellas County specifically. Ordinance uh, 20-14, believe me, I've read that thing up and down. Yeah, so, I you know something that I think that we all wanted to really get on board with was following through with what Pinellas County is really uh, issuing and and stating uh, that anyone coming into a building uh, needs to have a mask on if they're not able to socially distance themselves. And that's something that I think that, you know, with, with your dad's age and the way everything is, I think that's probably the smartest move. I think that was the best thing that we could have done yeah my dad's you know in that uh, risk category theron who works a little part-time for for us is in that risk category so you know um we are well, asking to be fair it's we should all we should all kind of be safe around each other right correct uh, you know someone brought it up to me on on the social mediums uh earlier today and Saying that you know it's it's their right to, to social or to have a mask on or socially distance, and that's right. You know it is everyone's right to at the end of the day. But I think it's common courtesy. You know if you want to just protect the people around you, 
Yeah, really. I'm trying to protect my dad and Theron and, and really any other customers that are coming into my store. You know, uh, we, we kind of feel like, uh, you know, this is just to protect everybody. And, you know, we um, are just asking everybody to please be patient with this. We don't know how long this is going to last. We, unfortunately, as of the rules, have become kind of like the enforcer, which I feel is a little unfair that, you know, if you come in my, our store and you don't have a mask and somebody, you know, sees you that has the authority, we get fined. So we're really trying to help, you know, alleviate too much trouble with this and just asking everybody just to be patient. That is an important thing to put out. Uh, someone who walks into the store and doesn't have a mask on, they're not necessarily the one that's going to get in trouble. Uh, we kind of take that hit. And it is very unfortunate that we have to kind of be the, the authority to that. But I think if everyone kind of understood what we go through and what other business owners, we're not exclusive to this, but what other business owners in general go through with the cleaning process, at the end of the night, the wiping of everything down. I mean, we've got a really big store, and though we ask people not to touch bottles, we, we see that people touch bottles. That's a thing. And we take the necessary precautions to wipe those bottles down afterwards. And, you know, if we close at 8 o'clock at night, we're not getting out of there yeah. sometimes till 9, and all yeah. that is is just cleaning. I mean, we know? start cleaning. So the day starts with cleaning. The day finishes with the cleaning. It seems like in the middle we're cleaning, you know. there's, But, but listen, that's just because we don't want anyone in our family or, or any of our customers anyone that we know or or even that we don't know really to to get i mean about that is about that will put you in a hospital or you know uh, just stress out our hospital system yeah, that's important we're just trying to behave as is everyone and and uh you know luckily we have very good guests and, and family members if you will that come into the store and they don't they don't really give us a hard time this is just more the a public service announcement. You know, we're not yep. we're not killing anyone who walks in the store without a mask, but nope. we do ask for you to kind of be, you know, respectful and, and wear a mask when you come in. And, and you know, we do have uh, doctors and nurses that shop with us. They work in ERs. You know, they're seeing this stuff. So, you know, let's try to keep all our healthcare workers safe. And uh, I am... I am smelling this glass of wine in my hand right now, though. Can I? Can we move <laughs> forward? Well, good. Let's let's kind of get out of the uh, the somber stuff and let's move into what we do best. Let's talk about wine. Cool. Um, I know you have a little lead into this, so I'm gonna go ahead and let you go talk about uh, your story. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Uh, what we're gonna talk about today is Lodi, and and Lodi is a wine region and so much to dive into and it's very interesting as kind of this area that isn't as well known as, as other places in California. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very close to my heart. Um, just kind of a little backstory. Lodi is actually the region specifically that got me into the wine industry. I, um, I was working in a restaurant under a, a very good sommelier uh, out of New York. His name is Charlie Rezawali. And he, uh, he kind of saw my, my skills and saw that I wanted to learn and honed in on what I was doing. And I said, um, you know, I, I really want to get into this. I don't know where to start. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll come over tonight. 
uh, grab a bottle of wine, and, and we'll kind of dive into this head first. He comes over to my house that night. I didn't know anything about wine. I had stopped at my local CVS and grabbed a Rioja. He shows up. He still laughs about it that I brought gas station Rioja. Mm -hmm. uh, and he brought a bottle of Petite Petite, Michael and David. And I was, you know, we're laughing about it. He, he explains to me what I'm about to take. I taste it. And it really changed the way I looked at the wine industry as a whole. This is the very first wine that opened up the doors. Not even opened up the doors. It kicked the doors down to what this wine industry is. And at this point in time, I am in uh, maybe my last year of uh, going to school to be an accountant. And I thought right then, I'm going to be a sommelier. This is what I'm going to do. So cut to about a, a year and a half later, I'm teaching a wine class. Uh, yeah, we dove in, and I, I really picked it up quick and, and got my psalm. And I'm teaching a wine class, and I'm, I'm giving this lecture about how you don't have to spend a lot of money to have really good wine. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I referenced was Michael and David. And... I'm talking about Petite Petite, how it's a great daily drinker for $12, and this girl pipes up in the front row, and she says, what do you know about Michael and David? How would you like to meet them? And I said, what? And she introduces herself, and it's your niece. It's Audra. <laughs> That's how I met my wife. <laughs> That's cool. And, you know, I, I celebrated my 50th birthday out there um, at uh, Zenfest in Lodi, with a bunch of great friends. We had such a good time. Um, actually, I started my a wine group that I'm in, uh, four couples. We started that, uh, and we're on our fifth year now. Oh, I just gave away my age. Um, we're on our fifth year now, so it, it has been, uh, that all, that's all been a blessing. You know, that Lodi, you know, and a lot of people, just so that you know, it's about 60 miles south of Napa. This is a spot where the Mandavis actually started. Caesar Mandavi moved there in 1923, moves his family from Minnesota in 1923. And this is where, you know, uh, Peter Mandavi and Robert Mandavi went to school. Peter Mandavi, of course, is Charles Krug. Robert Mandavi, Robert Mandavi Wines. Uh, I mean, they were in Lodi. They went to school in Lodi, grew up in Lodi. The, uh, the Mandavis had their own uh, grape um Farming, where they would just take, uh, buy grapes and sell gra uh, sell grapes off to people, grow grapes and sell grapes off to people. I, I think even my dad's family in Canada could have bought grapes that the Mandavis picked in Lodi. So that, oh, I would imagine so. Yeah, because they were shipping everywhere, but um, a lot of great. Well, that's just... Go ahead. I, I was just going to say a lot of great um, wineries in Lodi. Um, you know, you want to name a few for everybody. Yeah, well, there's a lot. That's kind of the story of Lodi, right? So in the early days, these guys, they weren't making wine. What they were doing was, let's, let's retract a second. They, the Mandavis moved there in 1923. Let's not forget that the Prohibition started in 1920. So what these guys in Lodi were doing was so special. They were taking these grapes and they were sending them by rail car and they were, it was really interesting. They were marketing them to people as how not to make wine <laughs> hey, during the true. prohibition. 
It's they, true. They put very specific details on there on how not to make it. So, you know, they've been innovative from the beginning. Um, you know, and, and big names come out of there. Clinker Brick, Michael and David, like we mentioned before. Mettler, you know, there's there's big names that come Oak out of there. And there's big names that are connected to yeah. it. You know, yep. Woodbridge is, is a huge one. There's the, It's a, a region, it's an ADA that... It has so much connection and so little outside of this wine geeky world that we live in, so little is known about it. I mean, just for a fact, you know, we were look, we were talking today on the phone about like we were both shocked about the hundreds of or you know like over a hundred varietals being grown there in in wine production, it, which is really interesting to me. Uh, you know, some of the ones that are thrown out there, Pick Pole is grown there, Nebbiolo, Tanat. Yeah. We know Tanat. Dolcetto. From, you know, Michael and David. But Barbera. Bermentino. There's really yeah. interesting grapes that Gries, are grown Riesling. There. I mean, and, Portuguese and, grapes. Go ahead. I said Portuguese grapes, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because Lodi, for those of you who don't know, Lodi is just south of Sacramento. So it's a, a very flat region, and it's very sand-dominant soils. Yep. So, and it's a very warm climate. I mean, it, it's warm there, which is why you get some of those higher alcohol wines. Uh, you get wines that are pushing up 14, 15, 16, 17% in some cases. Uh, and that's coming from that really warm climate that they bring, which is where zen dominates. It's a, it's a zen capital of the world. I mean, yeah, it is. Of the day. Yeah, very. There are a lot of very old vines there. Um, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about that area is very flat. Not only are grapes grown there, there's a lot of produce being grown there also. Um, the the a lot of the wineries too. You know, again, are were family wineries. Uh, Oak Ridge Winery. You know, that's three families that own that winery. It's it's a giant winery that produces. Multiple brands, including Moss Rocks and and uh, uh, OZV, yeah, Old Soul, uh, and you know they're doing Pinot, Cab, Red Blends, Zinfandel, Chardonnay, Viognier. I mean, they they do a lot of stiff stuff. So they're doing it all with 120 different or more grape varieties. There, that's they're touching on everything. I mean, Clinker Brick, their Syrah, um, you know, uh, Michael David with you know those Cab Francs and and uh you know all the different you know zins and the petit verdot oh yeah all good stuff it's a beautiful region to grow grapes uh i think that if you're a fan of uh maybe chatenoux maybe an amarone uh certain styles of syrah Spanish Grenache, I think you're going to really gravitate to this style of winemaking. Yeah, fruit, um, fruit forward. I mean, would you say it's fruit forward, right? Yeah, definitely. A lot of raspberries. I mean, it's fruit driven for sure. Um, maybe a little bit of smokiness, sweet tobacco, like pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. Maybe a little bit of fig. Um, but definitely the big fruit jamminess is I think what draws a lot of people to the region. Yeah, and um, the opportunity 
to see almost 80 wineries, you know, there, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing that how many wineries, I mean, when we went to Lodi Zinfest, the, if you ever get to go to this, make sure you go to the dinner on Friday. It's, it's one heck of a thing. Tickets are hard to get. They sell out within a couple days, but, uh, spend the money on it. Um, and make sure you're either taxiing or <laughs> Ubering or, I mean, I, I got sent home with bottles of wine. It was nuts. It's, and then in the next day, it's like, you know, 50, 60 wineries in the park. You taste what you want. It's a great event. There's live music. They have a, uh, a, a, a get all the wineries have a competition on rowing barrels across the lake and some sink and you know it's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful weekend it's a, a three, three day weekend and then on sunday you get to tour lodi with no charge as long as you went to the event you get to go to wineries taste wines and they were playing live music there too and food so um it is it, there's a there's a great hotel there called wine and roses um it is uh you know has a beautiful spa um They've got a shop where you can buy wine. You can take they do wine tastings. Great restaurant, beautiful grounds. Uh, highly recommend it. And then there's also you know the courtyard and things like that. So and also really beautiful VRBOs and things like that. So there's plenty of opportunity to go there and and do the tourist thing. But we really are enjoying selling these wines because people seem to love them. People absolutely love them. And, and to kind of circle back to what you said, uh, you know, with there being over 80 different wineries there, and, and uh, what we say, over 120, 130 different grape varieties. Yep. To kind of put into perspective what you're looking at here, there's over 100,000 100, different uh, vineyards, like uh, hectares of vineyards. So you're looking at more vineyards than... Napa, Sonoma, and Lake County combined. I mean, this is a huge region. Yeah, and you know, Anthony, I don't, I can't say for sure. I, I know I heard this somewhere, but I have heard that it is the number one wine-producing uh, region in all of California. It's not Napa. It's not Sonoma. It's Lodi. Well, look at that. You hear, you heard it here from Perry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> no, of course, of course, and that's that's kind of at the end of the day, right? That that stories that you hear, and and it, this probably has some sort of merit to it. You know what I mean? That you know, it's again at the end of the day, we've heard it. It doesn't don't sell it as facts, but you know that's. It's pretty. You could probably take that to the bank. Yeah, I would. I would think so. I. I mean, um, you know, and it too. The cool thing too is it's. You know, it's again. It's it's people from all over the world coming here and making wine. You know, it's not just. You know, you had the Italian immigrants. You know, you had uh, people from Portugal. You had people from Spain. You had. It was so. It was a really cool like area for farming, and I think that brought a lot of. Um, immigrants to that area. The the Mandavis came from Minnesota, and they came not long. I believe it was after the earthquake in San Francisco because um, they thought there might be some opportunity there for them um, to rebuild. Well, their... the Mandavis had balls at the end of the day, right? Yeah, they did. They what were, those people did. Is Caesar Mandavi. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that's too. If you ever want to know, if, uh, there's a book out there called. Uh, the House of Mandavi, and and it's kind of kind of the 
it's the whole story about them. And, of course, it starts in Lodi. Which is, you know, there's probably... The reason it's so diverse is because of the people that came there to make the grapes. They were so diverse. And at the end of the day, you kind of alluded to it earlier, you touched on it. Most of them were growing different kind of crops. They were they were fruit farmers that's for the right. most part. That is uh, right. Grapes came way later. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of uh, interesting to the history of what Lodi is. You know, but, Anthony, when we were talking, you we were talking about, you know, you were talking about the fruit and vegetables. To this day, Michael David, Clinkerbrick, Maggio family, or the family, one of the families of Oak Ridge, they all still grow fruit. They all still sell uh, fruit and, and vegetables. And they're all, now I can't speak to all of them uh, specifically, but I know that there's such a community between most of the winemakers in Lodi. Yeah. Uh, there's not that cutthroat kind of uh, tension between them, which I'm not saying there is most winemakers at the end of the day, they're very salt of the earth people and it's all kind of a boost each other up mentality. Yeah, but farmers. in Lodi, you really feel that. I mean, you have Mettler, who's a big, big name out of Lodi, and you have Michael and David, and one of Michael and David's winemakers is Mettler. You yeah. know, that's a that's an important thing to point out. Yep. So consulting winemaker, but that's that's what makes Lodi great. I mean, you know, uh, I think we're just lucky to be able to have some close relationships, you know, with both of our lives to this location, and uh, yeah, Lodi. I'm glad I'm glad we did that because it kind of I think brings a little bit of our personality to the podcast itself. Uh, it allows people into our lives to see a little bit as to why we love it. Because at the end of the day, wine is very personal. It's, it's very romantic and it's very, uh, you know, um, it's personal to your story and your life and what it is. You can, you know, really pick up a, a bottle of wine and, and, and smell it and it brings you back to your first date with someone mm-hmm. and for me that first date is with my wife and that's a bottle of Petit Petit and it's a bottle that's always going to be very special to me yeah uh, I, I can't say enough about the people in Lodi the, uh, all these wineries have just treated us just gracefully and, and, and they're so friendly and they're so nice and they reach their hand out and how, how can we help you what can we do and uh we just love them. And it's also important to note that it's all very, uh, it, relatively in the scheme of things, you're, it's, it's really inexpensive for most Lodi wines. You're correct. You're not, you're not breaking the bank to pick up really nice Lodi wine. You're not. And again, you can buy a Lodi wine for, you know, 10, 12 bucks, and you can buy Lodi wine for 60 bucks. Um, and uh, everywhere in between, they're all just wonderful. I mean, the, the wine I'm drinking right now is uh, twelve bucks, you know, and it's delicious. It's delicious. So, um, and this is fine. And that you just mentioned sixty bucks at being top of the line. Yeah, you're not talking, you know, uh, uh, St. Helena where you're you're getting or Oakville or or, or <laughs> you know any of these big regions where you're spending hundreds of dollars. You're at the top end at sixty bucks. No, you're right, and. Uh, you know, all you know when you're in the store. If you come in the store, if you want to know, ask us. I mean, both Anthony are there, you know, all the time. 
Um, there's some days when we're not there, but it's actually, I think the only day when you and I are, one of us is not there is on Monday. So, yeah, I think that's the only day. But uh, yeah, come on in, say hello, say you heard the podcast. Um, you know, it's everybody's been so good. Thank you, everybody out there too, who's at, have have been coming in and saying, "Hey, we learned the podcast. That was fun. Uh, we're doing it because we love it too. We enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it." And uh, thank you so much for the awesome feedback that we've gotten thus far. Yeah, it's been uh, great. It's very early on. Obviously, you're seeing certain things that we're growing on and things that week by week we understand we need to do a little better in this area or that area. But overall, it's been fantastic support from everyone. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Hey, cheers, everybody. Cheers, Anthony. Cheers, buddy. I'll see you soon. See ya. And there you have it, another episode of the show. Thank you for tuning in, as always. We hope you had a lot of fun. We obviously did. We ran a little longer than we would have liked to, but time flies when you're having fun. If you like what we're doing, be sure to check out Two Grape Guys podcast or The Zest by WUSF. Two local, awesome podcasts that are putting out great content. And they've showed us a lot of love and support, so thank you. And thank you for tuning in and giving us your feedback. It's been overwhelmingly positive. So thank you. We also would like to point out that uh, our 4th of July sale this year is going to be extended Thursday through Saturday. It's going to be 20% off the entire store while supplies last six bottles or more. We're extending that out Thursday through Saturday. Cheers.